Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. Hey, guys. Thanks again for joining us this week. We're happy to have you here listening with us. Woohoo! Always exciting. Chris and I are the pastors here at Life Fellowship Church in McKinney, Texas. Chris is banging things <laughs> under the table, but we're here. We are, and we're really excited for today's topic. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure that you do that. And then hit the share button and share it with your friends and family. And let's continue to see this, this family of uh, podcasters grow. We really want to add value to your life. We want you to increase as a Christ follower and as a leader, because we believe that when the leader gets better, everyone gets better. Mm-hmm. So today we are in part number two of a um, kind of a teaching that I'm doing uh, called Success Stabilizers. And the reality is, is that we really, uh, we truly believe that you're going to experience success in your life. That's one of the reasons why you're listening uh, to this podcast. It's one of the reasons why you have this desire on the inside of you to grow. And I believe that God's going to honor that as you continue to do the work. God opens the doors, you step through them. And when that success comes, the reality is, is that um, it has the opportunity to make you a little weird. (laughs) Explain that a little bit. Sorry for laughing. Success has the can make you weird. It has the opportunity. It can make you. It can make you a little bit weird. You begin to think that you're something that you're really not. And, yeah. And uh, you start acting different. Like you prideful. Start, you're saying all kinds of different things. And so we're talking about that. So how do we remain stable? So when you're out of alignment, it'll wear on your car. It'll wear your tires out. It'll wear your life out mm-hmm. when if mm-hmm. you and, and actually your success will turn into your detriment. It'll turn into your. Uh, it, it'll destroy you if you don't know how to handle it. Yeah, we see people that have them all the time. Yeah, for sure. So, last week we began. I gave you the first two uh, success stabilizers. We talked about that success will produce power, and power is bad because we're sinful. And so, what keeps us stable if we have that kind of power in our life? Ta-da! Accountability. accountability. Yeah. And the fact is, you're going to be accountable, whether here on earth or in heaven. And your accountability on earth prepares you for accountability in heaven. The second thing that success produces is money. Money, money. Yeah, we talked about that. And the stabilizer for mm-hmm. that is being Being generous. generous. Yeah. Yeah. Being generous with your time, your, your, uh, your relationships, with your finances, uh, number three, and this is what we're going to pick up today. Success produces ego. So if you're successful, you get your ego stroked all the time. <laughs> and what's the stabilizer to that, honey? Humility. Yeah, it really is. Humility. And this is huge. What does the Bible say? Yeah, James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So uh, humility is really... Uh, self-awareness. And what we've seen is that most people, (laughs) they're not self-aware. 
The, at least in a certain area of their life, right? I think it's fair to say as a leader, there's you always have blind spots, things that you don't even know that you're doing. You're not aware that you come across that way or that you're that people see you through a certain light. Just it's like a blind spot. And so um the only self-awareness that you that you mm-hmm. get is what someone else has told you. Cuz you don't see it. It's yeah. a it's a blind spot. Mhm. So I say it like this. You can't grow yourself until you know yourself. <laughs> I feel like you're going to wrap. Waka, waka. You can't <laughs> grow good. yourself until you know yourself. And you don't even know yourself until somebody else can help you to, to show yeah, yourself to, to be yourself. honest feedback <laughs> by receiving but, like. But the reality oh, is that nobody wants that see? honest, open feedback. Hold on. We do. I think you do. I do. You do. Yeah. I just want it delivered in a nice way. Don't be ugly when you say it, but I can't be better if I don't know better. Like, what did you just say? You can't grow yourself until you know yourself. Waka wah. No, that's, it, it so, is true. Yeah. I think if you're mature and you have a desire to be better, you're going to be, hopefully you're going to be open to say like, I want that feedback. I don't want you just to stroke my ego, but tell me like how I can grow. What can I do better? Let me be humble. Anyway, and so the way that you um, become self-aware, one of the ways is by asking questions. Yeah. So I ask questions of God all the time. I ask questions to my staff all the time. You know, I'll I'll ask them, "Hey, am I missing anything on this? Uh, Is there something that I do that you remember the one time I asked the kids? I was putting them to bed, and I asked them, "Is there anything that I do?" that hurts you, makes you sad. And both of the kids pointed out something to me that I did that was making them sad, that, that, that I was doing that hurt their feelings. I don't remember. I'm going to be honest, but I'm okay. sure you did. But I, I asked them. I had this I, one night. I just said, is there anything that yeah. I do that makes you, that, that hurts your feelings or makes you sad? And Great question, by the way, babe. Because I didn't know. And when they said it to me, I went like, Okay, I'm going to change that. Yeah. But I would never become aware of that unless Yeah, if you're not I even willing to ask the question. Yeah. So I asked my team. Um here's what I know. I know that I cast a very large influence shadow on my team. And I asked them, "Hey, what's it like to be on the other side of the desk? The other side of me. What is it like to be on the opposite side of me?" Mhm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, is is it enjoyable? Is it intimidating? Is it is it miserable? <laughs> I can have so much fun with this question right now. Why? But I won't because it's so funny. Just I'm just thinking of all the sarcastic things I could say, but I won't because I'm a not a sarcastic person. <laughs> anyway, let's keep going. No, I'm yeah. Let's do. But yeah. I'm saying these are great questions, and you do, and I, that's what I love about how you, excuse me, how you lead is because I constantly sit in rooms with other staff members. I'm in meetings all the time with my husband in the room and Chris will constantly say like, what am I missing? What do I not see? What are we not thinking through? What can, how can we do this better? Give me a different perspective. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. It's like not thinking that you, your way is the only way is the best way. It's inviting other people to 
keep me humble because I know <laughs> I can miss it. And let me see like a different perspective, asking the hard question, what's it like being, I think it's a great question parents can ask too, hon. You already mentioned like, mm-hmm. what am I doing that frustrates you? What, or what can I be better couples, at? Or yeah, in relationships or whatever. Great question to ask. Uh, people with ego are not self-aware. Yeah. Because they're not teachable. I was just going to say that. They're often not wanting the feedback. You're not willing to say like, hey, maybe I'm not doing my best in this area. Maybe the most I'm successful people that I know are teachable. The most yeah. unsuccessful people that I know, they're not They teachable. think they know it all yeah. already. So True. Now, here's the thing, though, about ego okay, and humility. People have a hard time. Now, listen to this. People have a hard time distinguishing between you and your gifts. So... If somebody doesn't treat the gifts right, mm-hmm. God, God can take them from you. God, God is the source. He just happens to be using you. Yeah. So a lot of times people see, oh, they got this amazing gift to, uh, to teach or to sing or to create yeah. or to cook or whatever. Um, God is the source and we're not. And so a lot of times we think that that person is their talent. Yeah, that's true. And they're, that's, that's not that's who they are. That's just a gift. That's, just... that's a gift on their life. And I always remind people that, you know, if God can use a donkey, he can use you. So don't think that you're, we just need to not think of ourselves because we have a certain gift that everybody in the world goes, oh, no, that. And people do that all the time. They think, oh, yeah. if a person can speak, they must be better than the person that can whatever, figure something out. Or if somebody can sing, oh, they got this incredible gift to sing. So they must be, but no. It's just a more, it's just more visible gift in some ways than the others, but it's totally the Lord. Yeah. It's not the. Check your ego at the door. Uh, In other words, don't just get all caught up with yourself. In in fact, as a leader, you really shouldn't be at a place that you you need validation from all kinds of people outside. I need validation from the the inside. I, in other words, I need validation from what the Lord says about me, mm-hmm. and not what other people are saying mm-hmm. saying about me. In fact, I love Nehemiah. Here's a guy that he didn't let anybody distract him from the purpose on on his life. He said they came to him and tried to get him to stop building the wall, mm-hmm. to stop doing what he was what he was doing. He said, "I will not be distracted. I'm not coming down off this wall." To do any of that, I'm not going to be wasting my time with what people are saying. I'm going to do what God has called me, what God has called me to do. And as a leader, we just got to make sure that we continually walk in in humility. Um, In fact, I'll, I'll just say it like this. As a leader, those of you listening to me, don't just stick your finger up into the wind and try to, you know, you lick it and find, okay, which way is the wind blowing? I'm going to, I'm going to go do that. Uh, as a leader, step out and do what God has called you to do. And so the the antidote to ego is humility. Mm-hmm. And recognizing it is the Lord who has given us the gifts, who has enabled you to be who you are and get where you've gotten in life and have the influence that you have. It's the Lord. Like, it's all Him. And we can humbly point back to him and say, I know, like, yes, God's given me the gift or he's given me these talents, but it all comes from him. He's the source. You know, I've watched people that have, that don't check their ego and they're just not fun to be around. Yeah. They, they think that there's something that they're not. And 
I can almost just nobody likes that. Yeah, like I think that it it's this putrid smell to the Lord. This ego. <laughs> uh, You're right. He resists the proud. Like that's what Scripture tells us. He literally resists a prideful heart. It's like this sense uh, scent to the Lord that he just like, I mean, it repulses him. He resists it. It's kind of like when we were in Bangladesh. We were uh, at the missionary's home, and mm-hmm. we were there, and uh, we, we finished up with him, and we were about ready to go catch an airplane. And so we come down. There's this little river by his house. He lives in this little apartment. Like, an, okay. uh, like a high-rise. You know, it's on the seventh Like floor. an apartment he complex. Lives, yeah, a little apartment complex. And uh, so we finish up with our time with him. We say goodbye. We come down the elevator and we walk out. And I'm hit with the most horrific smell I've ever smelled in my life. <laughs> it is that river is not just a river. It is raw, rotting sewage oh, going down there. So bad. I mean, it about it just open running like yeah. sewage. And running it about took my breath away. Behind his house. Like, I wanted to, like, never take another breath of air. I mean, it was, like, horrific. Sickening, yeah. And (laughs) we ran to get inside of the vehicle, and, you know, the circulation air is just going. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Clean it out. Smells bad. I don't know. I think sometimes maybe our ego. I I just wonder if it it repulses God. It says that I I resist the proud. Yeah. And I don't want to be like that, but the hu- uh, humble people. Yeah, that's that's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. It's it's something beautiful. And so, uh, number four, success produces success. Okay, now I know that doesn't sound like yeah. Uh, Let's elaborate. Brilliance, uh, but it really does. Success will produce all kinds of success in your life. And a stabilizer for success is failure. Failure. Haven't we all failed? You know, if you're going to attempt anything great for God, you're going to fail. Yeah. And you remember when I was, when we first started in ministry, I always felt like as a pastor that if I ever failed, people wouldn't respect me. They wouldn't, um, they wouldn't follow me. So I couldn't show them. No. So in my preaching, I never talked about, uh, my my failures. I never talked about my weaknesses. The only things I ever talked about was how strong I was and how victorious I was, and you know, I <laughs> conquered I'm this the thing. Man. I'm the man. He's a man. He's a man. He's a man. He's a man. <laughs> I mean, I talked about <laughs> <laughs> that was a failure in singing right there, Chris. <laughs> Just... <laughs> but seriously, but that's how I was. I mean, that's that's. In fact, for years, that's how most pastors would preach. Yeah, would lead like, oh, I live this perfect life and nothing's ever hard. I'm the man of God. It's always easy. We always win. Like you and I have never had a fight. We've never. We don't fight. Our kids are perfect. And so I would hide all that kind of stuff (laughs) because because I just felt like if if I ever showed that to people, they would Mm -hmm. not want to, they wouldn't want to follow and actually, it's your failure that people identify with. People don't want to yeah. hear about my successes. They want to hear, hey, did you fail? Yeah. And did you climb back up again? Yeah. Do you know what it's like to live in the real world where things are not perfect? Yes, we do. Listen, the only way that you get good is by failing. Mm-hmm. And so we true. fight failure. We're like, I, I don't want to fail. Yeah. 
I think it's, I don't know if it's human nature. I think so. Or maybe it's just cultural. Like nobody wants to show their weaknesses or their missteps or like, oh, I tried this, but it didn't work out. So then I tried this. I don't know. What does the Bible say? It's a plague. Proverbs. I'm looking for it, baby. Proverbs 24. Right there. It says, for the righteous, though the righteous have fallen seven times, they rise again. They get back up again. Do it again. So let me ask you a question. What would Mm -hmm. you attempt to do if when you failed, you knew that there would be a big return on your failure? Mm. Everyone always asks the question, what would you do if you knew that you could never fail? Yeah. And that's a that's a, a misleading question because the fact is you're going to fail. Yeah. But a better question. A better question is mm-hmm. what would you attempt to do if you knew that there was a big return on mm-hmm. on your failure? Mm-hmm. Man. So when I tell people about my failures, uh people lean in. I see them all the time. They're like, they go, Oh, I can relate with you. Uh when when people hear about your failures, that's when uh, they'll open their heart to you. In fact, if I were to ask you what was one of the greatest lessons you've ever learned in your life, mm-hmm. every person that's listening to me today would not talk to me about the moment that they succeeded. Yeah, right. Because we didn't learn from that when you you're talk to me about your failures. Yeah. Every one of you would talk about your failures. So, Tatum. What, baby? what was one of your biggest failures? Ooh, you didn't prep me for this. Uh-uh. Think with me now, okay. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm too prideful to say I, can I don't tell you fail. One. I'll, I'll tell t- me okay. one, <laughs> So one of my biggest failures is when we came to this church. Oh, I thought you meant me. I'm trying to think of one for me. Okay. But, but, but I was with you when we came. We did this together. Yeah, when I came to the church here. And there's about 80 people, maybe 100 in, in services. And in six months, it grew, we grew it down to a service with seven people. Yeah. Was that the failure? Is that what you're saying? Well, when I share that with it, I learned so much in that. Of course, we both did. Yeah. We thought we were going to. The pain of it. The, thought we were going to not make it. Well, I, was con- I didn't know how we were going to make it. There's just no way but God. Yeah. But when I, when I share that with people, they they relate to it. Mm-hmm. And what's important is this, that when you are having success in your life, you need to keep um, failure and success on either side of you. Does that make sense? No. Tell me what you're talking about. Okay. So when you are, when, uh, when you're failing and it just seems like your whole world is caving in all around you and you walk into a service with seven people in attendance mm-hmm. and there's no money to pay the bills and you can't get paid and you can't support missionaries and you can't do the light bill and all that. You, you feel like a failure mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's where you need to keep success by you so you can constantly be looking to it and saying, no, it's I know coming. that we're gonna, it's, it's gonna, coming, yeah. I'm gonna, that we're going to experience that. And if I just don't yes. give up, I don't just need to focus on the failure. Yeah. A lot of times people just, I'm in the Get failure mode the, and they just miserable. see the failure. It's never you end. need success yeah. right next to you so that you can constantly be looking at that. Yep. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It has to be in your line of sight because you can't get out of the, out of the rut failure. of this being stuck in failing if you can't taste success is right here. It's coming. You have to always be touching success yeah. even when you're failing. Yeah. 
And I think part of that is just a, is just a matter of being willing to get back up and try again. Right? Like you can, failure isn't like falling down. It's, it's falling down and not getting back up again. And so the willingness to endure pain again by trying again is like a key to your success. I think you have to be willing to do it again, take the step again, trust again, give again, try again, put your heart out there again, say yes again in order to ever get to success. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying that you got to have success with right by your side yeah. when you're experiencing failure. Yeah. Or if not, all your mind, your energy, your focus will be consumed yeah, with, with the pain of mm -hmm. failure. Mm -hmm. But if you can learn from your failure yes. and climb back up again, it's a great then teacher. you have your eyes yeah. on, on, hey, no, this is where I'm going still. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. Uh, Walt Disney, he was fired from the newspaper for having no creative ideas. Isn't that crazy? Michael Jordan, he got cut from his high school basketball team saying yeah. that, he was a horrible basketball player. It's like I, any... I believe Beethoven never completed the fifth grade. Amazing, yeah. Anybody who is in your eyes successful, I promise you has seen failure. And not just like a little bit or not just one time. But when you see success, it's like we have no idea the heartache the endurance, the grit, and the ability to just try again that we don't even know this, the the depth of what we don't know behind their story, behind the mm -hmm. picture of success. Yeah. I, for years, I would just see other pastors and I would think, oh, wow. You know, th they're must reaching all these, pe these yeah. people and must be must be easy they to just have a, all the, you know, yeah. just for the churches to grow yeah. and just become just like that. just happened and they got, yeah, their uh, staff just What I have building. learned, yeah. and I learn more and more every day, is that there's a lot of pain involved to, to that. And I've actually there's heard it said stretching. that, that the, the, the level that you're able to go to mm -hmm. is determined by the pain that you're, you're willing really, to endure. Yeah, that's a very true statement. But yeah. It applies to every part of our life, honestly, every part of our life and our leadership and our growth as a person. Yeah. The, the other side of that, though, is um, when, you're, when you're experiencing success, mm -hmm. you need to keep failure next to you. Mm -hmm. So when you're touching gold and when life is just working, clicking, it's hitting on all cylinders, you make sure you have failure right next to you. Because what happens is, is that you start getting prideful, you start getting haughty, you start making really poor decisions when you start getting uh, successful, and you need to have failure right next to you at that time. So just like when you're going through failure, you need to have success next to mm -hmm. you. When you're going through success, you need to have failure next to you so that it keeps you humble, it keeps you in a, a right mind, uh, and, it's, and it's, really, it, it's really important. Uh, for every leader to understand, you got to have success and failure with you at all times. Love it. Here's the fifth uh, success stabilizer, and that is that success produces pedestals. Mm, I don't like pedestals. Don't put me on one. I don't want to be there. I don't deserve to be there. Don't put me on a pedestal. <laughs> Not that anybody is, but I'm just saying when I hear the word, I think, please, Lord, no. 
I don't like it. You know, it, it really, it's a terrible thing to be put on a pedestal. I, I fight against it all the time. I tell our people in the church, you've heard me say it many times, please yeah. don't put me on a pedestal that I don't deserve no. to be on. No. And, you know, as pastors and as leaders, um, you know, when you experience success, people will try to, to lift you up. You see them do that all the time with mm-hmm. maybe great marketplace leaders, maybe great sports or yeah. entertainment folks. Anyone who gets a lot of high limelight or gets like a lot of attention, even people when you think about movie stars and Hollywood, these people that are put that are given a position in people's mind and like society thinking they're better than us because they just fill in the blank, whatever sort of success you see them in. Um, but it's just not the case. <laughs> it's not the case. Like I don't want to live a life where people are just, um, distant. Yeah. See, that give you an appearance of like being valuable because of like what they think. Like I want people to feel the way they feel and genuinely love and care for me as a friend because they know who I am, like a friend, not just like a fan club, if I can say it like that. Do you know what I mean? There's like a genuineness to friendship and to be successful with people who know what it took for you to get there and for you to understand their story and them to get yours and know like it's just by the grace of God. It's not because I'm anything amazing or special. So you have to ask yourself the question. So let me just piggyback on this. Mm-hmm. Do you want friends or fans? Mm-hmm. So if you want fa- if you want fans, then create a gap. Put as much distance between them and you. But if you want friends, you got to do everything you can do to close the gap. Yeah, I and love a pedestal that. creates a gap. Yeah, it makes people you feel like they're unreachable. Like you can't really touch someone who's on a pedestal because they're like, wow, that's I don't know. And the tragedy is that there's a lot of people like, you know, there's great surgeons or uh, surgeons or lawyers or uh, maybe pastors or uh, whatever. Sports sports players. Yeah. Whoever is is doing really well. A lot of times they don't step off that pedestal when they when they walk through the door of their home. Hmm. Yeah. That's a sad thing. That is a sad thing. Mm hmm. And so I'm just saying, no pedestals here. Yes. No pedestals in our lives. No matter how much success God graces us with, we're going to fight that. So you ask the question, how in the, what's the stabilizer then Mm -hmm. to a pedestal? Yeah. You ready for it? Drum roll, please. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go ahead, hon. Serving others. That's the stabilizer. Serve others. Yeah. Don't allow people, uh, and don't allow uh, serving people to be a one-way street. Yeah. So don't just make it about, oh, they need to serve me mm-hmm. and do it. No, no, no. I serve my staff. I I will serve my wife. I, w- I will serve my people. Um, I'm yeah. sure I find ways to to add value to and, and serve others. I mean, you think about Jesus. Uh, read the scripture yeah. here in Jesus, Matthew 10. Yeah. He said, those who try to gain their own life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. I, you know, I call that the servanthood surprise. <laughs> it's the difference between what I thought and what I got. And it is impossible to add mm-hmm. value to other people without serving them. Yeah. Yeah. And we have honestly the best picture when we just look at Jesus's life. Like 
when we really just mirror who he is, the way that he led was not like me first. It was not about what people can do for him was like, no, I came to serve you. He, yeah. Jesus actually, now listen to this, think about this. Theologically, Matthew 25, Jesus said that when you add value to other people, mm-hmm. he takes it personally. Yeah. He said, when you visited those in uh, in jail, mm-hmm. it's as if you did it unto me. Yeah. When you take care of the widows, it's like you did it unto yep. me. When you take care of the orphans, it's like you did it unto me. When you give somebody a cup of cold water in my in name, in my name, yeah, you're doing it to me. Like there's going to be value in that. I'm going to re- I'm going to reward you. And so here's what I, I let me say it like this: If God seems distant to you right now, people say it all the time. Well, I just feel so distant from God. Well, if you want to feel close to God, mm-hmm. go serve people. Yes, and I would love to talk to you about ways that you can serve at Life Fellowship. Seriously, if this is your home church and you're like, you know what, this is clicking with me. This resonates. Like, I want to find ways that I can serve others. Come and find me. Go through the growth track. Yes, and, and, and let us and help you find a spot on one of our dream teams. That really, we have it's twenty-seven about different ministry opportunities for you. People. Yeah. You ha- it's the servanthood surprise. What you think is this. You think that, oh, if I serve, then you know they're the, going to be the beneficiaries of that. And what actually it's happens so is, is that different. it's the opposite. Yes. When you serve others, you're the one that gets the most, yeah. most out of it. Scripture, literally, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And I think serving is such a beautiful picture of that. It's like giving of your time, giving of yourself, giving of your joy, of your smile, of your encouragement, of your a million ways that you can give by serving others just in being friendly, being welcoming, taking care of their kids. It's the servanthood it's surprise. Like you get blessed in it. Think about this. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, yeah, here he is, the son of God, about yeah. to go to the cross, about to take on the sins yeah. of humanity. And what does he do? If anything, <laughs> if it was me, I would be saying, guys, I'm about to die. Yeah. I'm about to go through torture. Let's eat a great meal. And can you rub my back? Cause I'm about to get hurt. <laughs> like you want someone to take care of you. And Pray what for he me, help me. No, he literally gets down on his hands and his knees and he washes disciples feet. He serves them. He serves them before going to the cross. He says like, let me wash your feet. Let me take care of you. You what? said, yeah. Mind and if anybody need to be put on a pedestal. Yeah. Jesus. Hello. Rub his feet. <laughs> Give him some lobster and a steak. Like, what can you do to... He's about to go to the cross, but he he served his friends. Yeah, he he modeled this. Come be like Jesus and join the guest experience team. Mm-hmm. Or the kids plug. team. Or... I know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just plugging. I'm just plugging for myself, but let me serve the rest of my team and say, <laughs> kids, next gen, preschool, element, any of us. Well, if you want to be like Jesus, you're going to serve kids. Come on. <laughs> We're having fun, but seriously. Hey everybody, these others. are some stabilizers yeah. that we that we need to do in our lives and have. And I would just encourage you to take these uh to heart and apply them to the your lives and don't just hear about them, but incorporate yeah, go them. Do it. Live them out. Do them. And you're going to watch you're going to watch God find somebody that he can trust even more. He's mm-hmm. going to give you more than you ever realized mm-hmm. possible. And you're going to have joy from it, honestly, when you start serving others, just piggybacking on the last point right there. So find someone today that you can serve, that you can take care of. You know, put uh, them first. A principle that I've kind of put in my life here recently is that every day 
I've done this for the last couple of years, but every day I find five people to add value to. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I find five people. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah, every day like? I find five people. So I will find five folks that I can come alongside and either compliment them or I will encourage them. I'll spend time praying for them. Yeah. I'll, you really do. I'll, I'll spend a few moments just, okay, let's just, how's life? How are you doing? Can we pray yeah. about this? Yep. Yeah. You're great at sending texts, even just quick things like that to encourage people. Other pastors, I know people here that we're friends with, our friends, our staff. It makes such a difference. And that's just a habit that I try to do in my life. And I'm not perfect at it. I, I try to do it every day. And there's some days, you know, it, it's like full-on meetings where I'm like writing messages and I'm just kind of locked in my own kind of world as I'm getting things. I almost have to move distractions out away from me so that I can focus. So I'm not a lot around a ton of people on those days, but I still try to find a moment that I can like text or call or write a letter or something like that to mm -hmm. add value to others. And I Let's think it's, do it. Yeah. yeah, we can all, we can all do it. We can all get better at it. Uh, I did, I did one uh, today. So when we, when we got back from uh, Bangladesh and India in our South Asia trip, um, I picked up a little gift for my, uh, for my, uh, my administrative assistant. Mm -hmm. And I said, Hey, thank you so much for everything that you did to help us get everything set up for this trip. All the work. I just to wanted to, I prepare. just wanted to give you this, this little gift. I picked you up something. Yeah. And when I gave it to her, she, I mean, her eyes got about as big as saucers. Yeah. I mean, she was like, Oh my Lord, <laughs> I cannot believe that you, that you got that for me. I said, go show Tatum. Yep. And she came and saw you. I'm sure. She yeah. did. Yeah. 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 It was great. And I just added value matters. to it. I just yeah. complimented. I just said, thank you so much for what you're doing. And so I added, uh, I, I tried to go out of my way, not just to make it words, but I also, at times, I can make it yeah. tangible mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important. So I'm going to encourage you guys to do that today. Find five people that you can go add value to. Mm -hmm. Could be your kids. Could be your spouse. It could be your uh, employees or yeah. peers. And let God use you today. And let's step off the, the pedestal and let's step into serving others. Well, hey, everybody. Next week, we're going to kick into, I believe, the final installment on this. Uh, this little teaching. This teaching. And I hope you've Success. been enjoying it. If you have, why don't you spread the word, share it with other friends, and we'll check you back here next week. God bless you all. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.